Rethinking privilege. Hmm. This is a term that I've not really liked too much, uh, particularly when they're talking about things like white privilege and things like this. But, you know, I might have had a bit of a change of heart, at least a more nuanced view of this. So I think this will be an interesting discussion. I started thinking about this actually listening to one of my previous podcasts called uh, I think it was called Man's Man versus Pretty Boy. What's the difference? And you know what? Privilege plays a role in that. Let's get into it. anyone who's heard anything I've said before knows that I'm not a big fan of the term white privilege and that really has to do with the fact that for one thing it kind of segregates people based on skin color it suggests that anything you have in life and you didn't work for it you just were born into privilege because of your skin color so I tend to reject that because I think it it sends a bad sets a bad precedent it not only says well if you're white, life is automatically going to be easy for you. And if you're not white, then, well, you kind of let yourself off the hook a little bit. I don't think it's a very good message for anybody because built-in excuses don't usually, uh, don't usually work well for people. And in fact, I mean, overcoming hurdles is, is definitely admirable, but when you're making fake things just so that you feel like you, you're harder done by than you really are. I think that's, I think it's a little bit pathetic. Uh, but as I was reviewing my old podcast episode called Man's Man versus Boys, or, or a Pretty Boy, surely the reason I was thinking of it was because my wife and I are watching this show. Uh, it's an old show she used to like called, well, she might still like it, I don't know, but she liked it in, um, called uh, White Collar and it's the the lead actor in it Matt Bomer is yeah, he's this clearly wasn't a show designed for guys because he's you know supposed to be charming and suave and everything and every episode is essentially like just trying to paint him as perfect and there's one more secret skill he has that you didn't know he's a He's a, um, he's a master forger and he, he knows how to be a, a great con artist and, and uh, charm his way into situation. He's an expert marksman. He's, there's nothing this guy can't do. And that's a little bit uninteresting as a guy. Like, if I, yeah, if I was a young girl and I was like swooning over him, it's like, oh, wow, look how great he is. So... Yeah, it was a show that I would say is probably geared towards young women who just want someone attractive to look at, but not so much for guys. Uh, in fact, I'd say it's definitely not for guys. You look at it and there's really no action in the show. The only action is tends to be off screen. Like the only real action sequence I remember was this uh, guy got hit by a car 
but you didn't even see the accident. It was off screen. It's like you heard the crash off screen and then you see a guy lying there. It's like, so it definitely was not created for guys, uh, which probably fed into this perception of the actor as just a pretty boy who's not a guy's guy. You know, he's, uh, even though he looks, at least his facial features are similar to Henry Cavill, uh, who is more of like the guy's guy, the guy's the, the, the guy that guys actually like. Um, and so anyway, that's why I was thinking about this episode because I knew I had talked about him in the past. What I didn't know at the time when I was making that original podcast is that he's gay. And so it's like, oh, knowing that now and listening to it, are people going to think, oh, the reason I think he's not a guy's guy is that because he's gay and he's maybe more effeminate. That's not it at all, obviously, for if you listen through it, it's more to do with the perception of him and the fact that the maybe the movie rules and things that he's been involved with and things, and he's just not somebody like a Stallone or someone or a Henry Cavill who guys are like, yeah, that's my boy, you know? He's more of just, he falls into the category of the, the same as, like, uh, boy bands would, except, well, and, sometimes they're gay too, I guess. Yeah, so returning to that podcast, one of the things that I think I came to, I sort of came to the discovery as I was doing the podcast, which is that one of the things that differentiates whether guys see someone as a guy's guy versus a pretty boy has to do with, are they someone that we respect and we see as admirable and we see as they, you know, they worked hard for where they got, they overcame obstacles. Now, in the case of, like, Matt Bomer, in the character, in the show, he definitely didn't overcome any obstacles because everything's so easy for him, so there's no respect there. It's the same thing with, like, a Leonardo DiCaprio, as I mentioned in it. He was just always a pretty boy. Everything came easy to him. There's no respect there. Um, I, I believe I made the same parallel with when uh, Prince William first came on the scene and born with a silver spoon in his mouth he everything was handed to him on a silver platter you know he was uh handsome i guess and uh loved by all and but he didn't do a single thing you could actually paint the kardashian girls in that same type categories guys don't respect them nobody respects them because you didn't do anything to accomplish it i mean obviously when it comes to pretty boys like girls sometimes overlook the fact that they didn't do anything just if they're attractive enough I guess and, and just but for guys it's like I'm if I don't respect the guy I'm not going to admire him I'm not going to like him so all of that respect tends to come from did they work hard for what they got or were they here comes the word privileged did they just have good genes did they just have good fortune did they have a lot of advantages that average Joe aka me or you whoever's thinking this through don't have hmm suddenly i realized that in this discussion about what makes us respect somebody privilege plays a huge role in that if we feel that somebody is unequally privileged then we have a lesser view of them so it's kind of understandable in a way that if people go through life with this with this narrative in their mind that anybody who's born white has an advantage that non-white people don't have 
of course you're, why would you respect them? Why would you when that's your worldview? I, I, I guess it, it's just one more reason why I don't like the idea is because you're automatically assuming. I mean, you could be a white person and born on the streets into poverty with a crack head, you know, single parent. Whereas, you know, you could be Hispanic, black, whatever, and born into wealthy parents. Who has more privilege in that case? You know, it's nothing to do with skin color. I, I don't think that narrative makes any sense. There was a time, obviously, and the same with the same with you could be said about gender, right? If you're male, you're born with certain privileges that women don't have. But I mean, this day and age, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I see it as people trying to paint themselves as victims, to be honest, because it feels good to be a victim, I guess. Uh, I mean, you look at it in a realistic sense. What has your gender, race, whatever, prevented you from doing? And I think, I think basically all of the people who go about with this mindset will, if they're answering honestly, will say, well, nothing, really. It hasn't held me back. What has held me back? Well, other factors, you know. I mean, what's held me back from being a Mr. Olympia? Uh, potentially my genetics. I mean, the, the fact that I wasn't lifting weights since I was three years old probably, probably factors into it. But that's not anybody else's fault. That's nothing to do with, I mean, genetics. I, okay, actually, this is, a, this is a good point. This is a good segue because in fitness and bodybuilding and all that, the question of genetics comes up all the freaking time because it's like, what is my genetic potential? What is my genetic limitations? Did I pick the right mom and dad? The bottom line is it doesn't matter. You can't change it. So these things that can't be changed, why are we spending so much time worrying about them and complaining about them and using them as an excuse? And the reality is we shouldn't. Now, obviously, where we see injustices due to those things, that needs to be addressed. Right now, in our society, where are they? Really, really, where are they? I mean, like I say, it's not a perfect world. It's not. No. The trouble with these arguments is sometimes people will acknowledge that. They'll say, you know what? We live in a pretty just society. You being called a, first of all, it's not just a, the illegal thing. You can't, there are laws against discrimination and that, but it's also a societal thing. Being called a racist is the worst possible thing to be called. So obviously, so how you can say there's systemic racism, which implies that racism is praised in society and it's encouraged is a lie because it's not, it's shunned strongly. So even when they acknowledge, yes, we live in a pretty just society, then what they'll do is turn around and say, well, but it wasn't always that way. So for the sins of past generations and whatever, and you have to, I don't know, have societal guilt for it or something, or you have to somehow pay us back because it's not equal because, you know, 150 years ago, the right people's rights were different and it wasn't what it is today. It's like, 
Unfortunately, that's the argument. So they're still using it as a crutch. They're still using it as an excuse to say, well, because of what happened 100 years ago, I can't be all I want to be. I don't think that's a terribly great mindset. But this is what it all comes down to. And this was my realization. This is all of this that I've been saying, you know, it's it's nothing new and it's nothing different about anything I've been saying. But what is different is that I am really acknowledging the power of the mentality of privilege because myself, when I view somebody as being privileged, as where whatever they got in life was due to something that was handed to them, all respect goes out the window. So it's a dangerous thing. I mean, if we want to go through not respecting everybody, I mean, here's an example. My brother, he married a girl in, the, in uh, Pennsylvania. Her family gave them a bunch of property. Gave them a bunch of property. Free. I mean, they, they had it, so they just handed it to them. They then, uh, one of the family members, built their house paid to paid to have their house built so they had a got a free house a free and free property right i was a little bit irritated by this when it was happening now I, I, it's just the way it is i don't really think about it but at the time i was like geez everything i've gotten i've had to work for and he's just having stuff handed to him so yeah, when you feel that someone's like that, like, do I respect him for how much, for marrying the right person who happened to have a lot of land? Obviously, that's not why he married her, but you see my point is that, do I respect him for how hard he worked to get that land? No, not really. He was fortunate and good for him, you know? That's, good fortune is a good thing, right? We shouldn't be resentful about that. We shouldn't be bitter. I shouldn't allow myself to fall into that. The irony, I think, here is that the people touting things like that, like white privilege, will often say things like, well, you at least acknowledge it. At least acknowledge your privilege, right? But here's the thing with that. What I think should be acknowledged is this perception about once we label someone in our mind as privileged, we should acknowledge the stigma we now have towards that person. That's what should be acknowledged. I suppose it's interesting that it's taken me so long, years in fact, to come to understand what it is about the term privilege that is so wrong. I've never liked the term, but why exactly I haven't liked it, you know, I've had my ideas, but I think it's much more clear now, and it's interesting this came from my uh, analysis of the view of how I personally view a pretty boy versus how I view a guy's guy. So, yeah, so that understanding that once we see somebody is unfairly advantaged or privileged, however you want to phrase it, suddenly don't respect them. When we don't respect them, 
we don't really see them as an equal. We don't see them as as someone to admire, certainly. We don't see them as somebody to even like, somebody to be thoughtful towards, somebody to think kind things about. We just don't see those things. Why the, why the hell do you think we're so divided? Because these kinds of things were being encouraged to think, oh, this person has so much more of an advantage over you, therefore, let's split each other up. That's why I don't like it. So, I suppose the practical takeaway to think about is, how do we overcome it? Obviously, the first thing, as I said, was acknowledging it. We should acknowledge what's going on when we see what's going on and see. Like, it, as I said, it took me years to figure this out. It took me years to figure out, oh, I'm looking at those people as if they have an unfair advantage over me. I don't respect them. They have, so it's it's this envy, it's this bitterness. Uh, so So then it comes down to, how do you get over that? How do you get past it? And so trying to work this out in my brain, I thought of the example of my brother. How did I get over that? How did I get over, you know, those feelings of resentment, resentment and envy and bitterness and all that? All I did was I looked at my life and asked myself, yeah, say, say to myself, it's really, he's fortunate. It's nice for him. Would I want that life? Would I want to be him? The answer is no. I love my life. I wouldn't want his life. I'm quite happy with my life. It comes down to being appreciative of where you are and what you have. And to acknowledging what's great about your life. When you do that, then it doesn't really matter. I know this, I know in the future, when I'm looking back on this, when I'm reviewing this, those words will potentially not have the same impact because it's one of those things that's easier said than done. It's much easier to say, oh, just be grateful for what you have. Be appreciative of your own life and realize how good you have it. It's not an easy thing to do in the heat of the moment. That's part of the problem with this, is that that mentality, when you feel that those emotions of envy, of spite, of all those things, they come very, very quick and very, very powerful. It's easy to lash out in those moments. It's not easy to sit back and analyze and say, why am I feeling this? And it's not easy to, to, to say, oh, I'm feeling this because I'm feeling that that person has some kind of an unfair thing over me. And really, I, I love my life. It's hard to do. I, I suppose it's probably easier for me than for a lot of people. Not that it's easy for me. It's by no means is it easy by, easy for me, but easier just in the sense that I've I've practiced ever since, ever since the, what, 2012 or so, when I was divorced and I started looking, when I was divorced, I told myself, I don't want to be in this position again. I hate how I feel. I feel lonely. I feel miserable. I feel like a failure. I don't want to feel like this again. I was on a mission to fix myself, to admit what 
I did wrong and to fix those things. Part of that process was to, to see yourself in a positive light. To, well, to start by making a future image of yourself and just a, an image that you love. When you love that future image of yourself, you can love the you that's on the way towards that. Practicing this idea of actually liking yourself gives you confidence. When you have confidence, you become way more attractive and you become way more capable. You, you, you can overcome things that before you maybe couldn't. So because I, I've been thinking about those kinds of things for years and years and years, it might come a little bit more naturally than to, to me than somebody who's never gone through that. I think that's a pretty good place to end this episode. It's been an interesting discussion and I think some practical takeaways. Catch you next time.